Welcome to the You're Not Invisible After 50 podcast. I'm Kiran Kumar, founder and host of You're Not Invisible After 50. Despite the title, you don't have to be over 50 to listen to this podcast. No matter whether you're 25, 45 or 65, we can all learn lessons from each other to help us build a better, more fulfilled life. Come listen to the inspiring stories of all the phenomenal women over 50 who are kicking ass and making an impact. They are not invisible. I'm not invisible and neither are you. So no matter what society says, life doesn't end at 50. In fact, it's just beginning. Welcome to the You Are Not Invisible After 50 podcast. I'm Kieran and the host of this podcast. We're all about showcasing phenomenal women over 50 who are kicking ass and making an impact. You'll get to hear all the inspiring stories why you don't have to be invisible after 50. So sit back and enjoy the wonderful life story from this week's guest. And my guest today is Gina Keesley. Hi, Gina. Hi, Kieran. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for agreeing and, and, and thank you for volunteering yourself. So I'm so excited about this. Happy to share anything with your audience. Um, super excited. I hope they enjoy it. I'm sure they will. Right. So as we thank you for choosing to come on to the podcast, as I've just said. So I'm going to get you, Gina, just before we move to the main part of the podcast is to get you to introduce yourself to our listeners in one line or more who you are. Yeah, so I'm 59. I think that's important to know. Um, I'm a content creator and a personal style enthusiast. I've also worked in the past 50 years in high-tech marketing, um, so the other side of my job. Um, I live outside of Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a mother to four young adults, and my husband um, is my photographer. Wow. Uh, We'll talk about all of that in a moment or two. So in this podcast, we're going to cover your life story, the past, the present, and if there was a trigger point um, Mm -hmm. that made you decide you want to change direction, if there was one at all. So let's start with the past, wherever you want to start, whatever you want to say to our listeners. Gosh, you know, I feel like my road has been a little bit windy, but yet there's a thread through the whole thing, right? So I started out I always loved fashion. I guess that's a great place to start, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That I have my degree in fashion merchandising and retailing. I never really pursued anything beyond that. Ended up going into marketing and I've been in high-tech marketing for 30 plus years, which sounds pretty boring, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but it's actually exciting. I've been on the agency side and the client side, so I've been very fortunate. Um, But I've always carried kind of this thread of creativity through my job. So I was a content creator or I worked with advertising agencies, worked with photographers. Um, So there's always been that that little thread. And I've been, you know, pleased with that progress. Um, I also at one time I've had a lot of little side hobbies to, you know, and I think we'll we'll talk about this a little more and what my trigger is. And I think it kind of makes sense every now and then I've had these times in my life where I've felt I wasn't as creative as I would have liked to have been because mm-hmm. I always felt like I was had a creative personality I used to write poetry um, I grew up on the lake and I used to go down to the beach and write poetry all the time by the water and you know and then you go into high tech marketing and you're not writing poetry anymore but 
you know, I've always had these little threads. And so when I was, when my kids were really young, I took some photography courses at the New England School of Photography and I had an in-home studio. And so for a few years, I was a, you know, semi-professional photographer and then life happened and I had to shift back. Um, and then, you know, and we're going to talk about my trigger, but when I was, you know, in my early fifties was when I got another trigger feeling like, Gina, you're just not being as creative as I think you, you need to listen to yourself to be more creative, to be happy. Um, and my job wasn't doing that. So, you know, I've ebbs and flows of creativity and fashion as well. I mean, I did a little bit of modeling when I was younger, you know, right in college just to make some extra money. Um, there was a small agency. I mean, back in those days, do you remember the days where it was mall fashion shows and mm. bridal shows and, you know, you walked that wooden runway that was set up in the, in the mall, you know, that was me. Um, so did a lot of that and did a lot of kind of local, um, just local stores. I grew up in Burlington, Vermont, which is a beautiful city. If you ever get a chance to visit, mm -hmm. go, it's right on the lake. Um, but, you know, there were some small boutiques. So I did some TV commercials um, some print advertising. And back then print was big, right? Um, you didn't have social. So I did a lot of that. Um, so that was kind of interesting as well and very creative as well. And I, I feel like that really helped educate me on a little bit on fashion, photography, runway, posing, all of those things that you kind of see come out of my Instagram right now were from way, way back. <laughs> I think you do have a lot of learnings. I'm going to take you back slightly because I just love what you said about writing the poetry, you know, where you mm -hmm. grew up, because writing poetry, I used to write poetry when I was a kid. Um, and I didn't read, I never kind of, as you said, life gets away, away with you. Mm -hmm. I never revisited poetry until COVID. And I'd write it now again here and there. And I, I you know, place it on my personal page on Instagram. Um, and so that's really interesting, but that's, Let's begin at the beginning, or more or less at the beginning. Where, 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 where did you grow up? You know, tell me a little bit about your childhood and and, and yeah, stuff like that. Absolutely. So I have three sisters. Um, we're all kind of close in age, and I grew up in Burlington, Vermont. So very northern part. We're only about forty minutes from the Canadian border, so we actually mm -hmm. used to go across the Canadian border quite a bit. Go to Montreal or Montreal, as you would say, mm -hmm. um, and. Um, you know, I wasn't, my parents weren't, you know, wealthy or, you know, I, we were a typical middle-class family. My mom worked in a department store. And I think that maybe also is a little bit that rubbed off on me. I mm -hmm. love going to visit her. Um, it was a family-owned department store and she worked in what would be considered now kind of like the luxe brand department. So Calvin Klein, Diane von Furstenberg, um, you know, those names that kind of we recognize from that generation of like the 70s and 80s. And I loved going up to visit her, touching all the clothing um, and dreaming of kind of wearing that, you know, one one day. So the, and I also grew up sailing. I mean, I'm a very outdoorsy person. I might not look it. See, I love going apple picking in the fall and, you know, taking long walks. And the, the autumn in New England is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um so it's just very beautiful so I'm a I'm an outdoorsy person too so sometimes people meet me and they're like you're from Vermont <laughs> it, just, it doesn't seem to go yeah but um but then once you get to know me I'm a I'm a very down-to-earth person and I think that has a lot to do with my my upbringing in in Burlington so lots of modeling um at one point I even 
through the lottery numbers live on TV. That was mm -hmm. kind of fun. Um, you know, nerve wracking. I didn't have great nails and they always used to do close ups on your nails to show the mm -hmm. numbers. So I would have to, for the first time in my life, I would go and get a manicure like every week to make sure my nails mm -hmm. looked good. And to this day, I still have terrible nails. I don't, I'm low maintenance when it comes to the nails, but, um, but that was, you know, that was kind of my upbringing. And again, like I said, I had three sisters. I have my associate's degree. I stayed local to get my associate's degree in fashion merchandising. And I took a course in marketing and I just loved it. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to do marketing. And I'd gone on a field trip when I was in probably sixth grade to Boston, which is four mm -hmm. hours away from where I grew up. And I always remembered it. And so when I decided that I was going to go back to school, mm -hmm. I said, you know what, I'm done with Vermont. I'm going to go to school in Boston. And I've kind of never looked back. Although my parents still have a house there on the lake and I go there every summer. Um, and I have one sister that still lives there. But but yeah, I've pretty much been in the Boston area ever since. I mean, that sounds really, really exciting. So how did you get into, so I also, you know, very kind of the thing that you said about, you know, this this kind of background and being in love with fashion way back. Because I, mm. I actually feel the same because my parents were in the clothing business I was mm. when I was eight I used to be doing market stalls with them and you know and I've always had uh, a joy and an excitement mm -hmm. about fashion and clothes and as I've got older it's, it's not got less it's just got worse I think um <laughs> but now I'm a bit more conscious when I buy so that's that's right. that we'll talk about the fashion in a while but what is also interesting is that when we talked previously, you talked about going into IT marketing, which is really, mm -hmm. because we both come from an IT background as well. Right. So, yeah. So how did that kind of come about? How did you move from, you know, doing a marketing qualification and then moving into the IT sector? So it, in, in that, I mean, I, if you're familiar with the Boston area, there's a lot of high tech in mm -hmm. the area. So I think, you know, for me, it just, it was total happenstance. Mm -hmm. um, my first job was a temp job um, in, in a small high tech company. Um, I had a really hard time finding, you know, finding a job out of college. Mm -hmm. So I just was taking temp jobs. And so my first job was in, in a high tech company. And I was just kind of like a marketing assistant, just kind of doing like odd things on the side. Um, and so I always feel like it's transferable skills, right? Mm -hmm. Anything having to do with marketing, communicate. I mean, my, my concentration is advertising and communication. So really advertising PR and communications. So really those focuses, which advertising is very creative, right? Mm -hmm. So I've written a lot of copy. I've done a lot of that type of work in marketing. So that's the type of work I really wanted to do. Um, I haven't always done that type of work. Sometimes reorgs move us into different directions, but I feel like it's marketing is such a broad skill set. You can take it really to any industry. I was very fortunate to work in a small startup. I think I was employee number 25, maybe with wow. the first okay. real, yeah. real mm -hmm. tech company that I worked for. It was a small software company out of Boston. They, they then got acquired and then acquired again. And so then I ended up working for, you know, a large uh, high tech company that was based in California. Um, and when I went on maternity leave, I came back and they were like, well, you know, we'd like you to relocate to California, which is basically their way of saying we can't 
we can't fire you because you've been out mm-hmm. of maternity leave. We have to guarantee you a job. But um, but yes, yeah, so they wanted me to move to California. But tech is really interesting. But if you look at like recently, I, I worked at Dell. So 10 years at Dell, um, recently was laid off as part of a reorg. So spending a lot more time on my social now. But, you know, even there, you know, they work with an agency. They're marketing, especially on the consumer side, very creative, very mm-hmm. progressive. So there is opportunity, I think, even in high tech um, to, to do things that are creative. And I think back then it was it was very stale marketing, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very rigid. Um, it was direct mail. It was print. It was I was a trade show manager for years. I got to travel mm-hmm. the world. Thankfully, that's how I saw most of the world was when I was a trade show manager, um, which sounds like a glorious position. But if you've ever held it and gone to Las Vegas for seven days and you're up at 5 a.m. and you're partying till midnight, you know, it's mm-hmm. not not that yeah. glorious. But um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, I was I always tried to give to create, you know, a, a side that was going to be rewarding in it and mm-hmm. creative in it and kind of push those boundaries because that's kind of who I was is I was I, I always wanted to try and push those boundaries even in tech and nowadays I think you have to be more creative first of all they have more platforms right so they yeah. have social um, you know they have a website that they have to maintain they have long-form content short-form content they have way more content types than we kind of had way back then which I think makes it more dynamic and interesting Mm-hmm. And I think today's marketing has shifted to be more about the real person than it was about, you know, before you showed the, the, the marketing was a picture of the computer. Like mm-hmm. that was the marketing, mm-hmm. you know, but now it's like people on the computer, people outside taking pictures and transferring them to their computer. It's much more realistic and creative. And, mm-hmm. and um, so I think that's, you know, that has progressed as well, but yeah, it was, it's, kind of boring but I always tried to push push the limits on it as much as I could I also think that as a creative whatever field you're in if you're a creative from the beginning um Mm -hmm. you always bring it into your work somehow you know you try to as you said push the boundaries I mean I've Mm -hmm. always pushed the boundaries I've always looked for an outlet but I didn't really quite know what my outlet was I mean I knew that was you know a you know, I used to mm-hmm. write poetry, as I said. And then, of course, I went into, like, training. And, of course, you deliver with me more panache, et cetera. Right. And then I moved into program project managers. So you try to make that as exciting as possible. And then, <laughs> and then you know, um, you know, now yeah. I'm a podcaster, which is really bizarre. But, you know, it's just um, interesting how you bring your cre- – if you've got that creative spirit, you mm-hmm. bring that creativity to all sorts. So you look for an outlet for it. Yeah. So you do you double a lot and test things t- as you've done, tested the waters with photography mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. it's quite, a, I think if it's in your kind of blood and in your veins, yes. you know, and it's part of your psyche, it's going mm-hmm. to be there and it's going to be, you're going to release it at different points in your life, which you also are doing now as well. Right. And I, it's, it's important to, um, I, I was very fortunate to have some amazing bosses who who believed in me and were like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know she's going to do the right thing. I'm a very strategic person. So, you know, it's, it's great to have, and I have to say my, my favorite bosses were all females. I mean, they yeah. were just, you know, no unintended bias there, but I feel mm-hmm. like as a creative, 
um, they, they really nurtured and encouraged um, things on a personal level um, mm-hmm. in me. So I've had some amazing, amazing female bosses that were also very, they were mentors, but they were also very enthusiastic about what I had to bring. Um, and I would say, you know, that it is a thread. It's something inside. So I mm-hmm. think even when I was changing jobs quite often there for a period of time, kind of mid-career, I always made sure that like I asked the critical questions about, you know, what are my boundaries, you know, as mm-hmm. part of the interview process, because otherwise I would have felt confined. Mm. And I think that's really important to understand about ourselves is mm-hmm. what's that joy that we want to bring to our job every day. Make sure you're asking that as part of your interview process. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate that, um, that I was able to um, enjoy that my career, I have to say. To a certain point, which gets to our trigger point later, but yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's just talk about your family, because you said you're a mother of four grown-up children. So, yes. you know, just, let's, let's talk about a bit of your family and give give oh. the listeners a little bit of that. Uh, I have to say my son is my biggest supporter, which is so funny because I he, you know, he never says anything about it. He's So he is, so I have four, like you said, we're mm-hmm. a blended family. So this mm-hmm. is my second marriage. So okay. we've been married for 12. It'll be 12 years this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a stepson and a stepdaughter and then my biological daughter and biological son. So mm-hmm. we each have, so two and two. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they're all fantastic. And they actually bonded, I think, before the parents bonded as as parents to children. It's, it's hard okay. to be a second <laughs> um, mom or dad. Um, but, but, you know, we made it through and that was my focus and initially my focus, um, you know, at one point in my career, I was working at a advertising agency. I was a, I was an account director for a high tech Mm -hmm. agency. I was working on the agency side and I was traveling all over the globe and I had just gotten married and putting the blended family together. And I turned to my boss and I said, I'm trying to put together a family of six. I, I, I need to leave. And I ended up leaving the job because at that time in my life, the family was the most important thing to me. I needed to succeed there. And I, that's when I actually started working at EMC and then EMC was acquired by Dell, but um, which was great because it was right down the road and I didn't have to, um, I didn't have to commute. I didn't have to travel or anything like that, but they are my biggest fans. My son is so funny. He doesn't say anything about it, but then all of a sudden I'll get a text from him and be like, congratulations, you hit 81,000. And yeah. even know that he's following me, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's amazing to have kids who are so supportive. And one of the things I talk to them a lot about is, look, I'm 59. I, mm-hmm. I shifted five years ago. Don't think that you're path has to be perfect mm-hmm. from the first step. Yeah. You know, they always, they're so anxious about making it right immediately mm-hmm. out of the mm-hmm. gate. And, mm-hmm. and so that's something that I always try and stand up as kind of a role model and be like, look, I, I didn't find this till really late in, in life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay that, you know, you don't have the perfect job or the thing that you're loving a hundred percent out of the gate. And so my stepson is 26. Mm-hmm. He just moved to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited for him. I thought that was just bold 
mm-hmm. and amazing. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's working in the, for the same company, but he didn't really know anybody out there. So I'm so proud of him for taking that leap and being bold and, and, and doing that. And then my daughter um, graduated last year from the University of Oregon in environmental studies. And they are also on the West Coast. So we have two 3,000 miles away and two close by, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, sad, but we make it work. Um, and then my other two are a junior in college and a sophomore in college. So I've still okay. got a couple in college. I'm not quite a full empty nester yet, but, yeah. but it feels like it because they're obviously at school. I think it's a couple of things that are so interesting there because what you said about, you know, a blended family and putting the emphasis on being a family. Mm. I think that's really, really important. I mean, I, you know, my marriage broke up quite late. I mean, I I divorced my husband. Um, I left him at 52. Um, mm-hmm. But I've put so much attention to my family and they mm-hmm. are now my greatest supporters and very much part mm-hmm. of my business, which I say yeah. all over again. And the thing is, at the end of the day, the lesson here is if you put a lot of attention into your family and 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 blending and growing together mm-hmm. you will you will gain the reward in so many ways that mm-hmm. you can't even fathom because you know my my son I mean I last week he hadn't spoken to me for a day because he was doing something and he goes mom I missed you you know he's grown up he's nearly 30 because I missed you and it's and also the other thing that you really said was interesting is that we're coming into something that's quite late. I mean, I, like yourself, you did, you started five years ago. I started, you know, podcasting two years ago. Mm-hmm. And the children can see your journey and the children can mm-hmm. see that ch- it's always about change and developing and growing mm-hmm. and, and, take, and having the courage to take a different step or a different direction and pursuing it and believing in what you're doing. I think there are so many great lessons for everyone a you're not too old b you know nothing set in stone you know and c you can do what the hell you like really is is the other message yeah keep showing up for yourself and if you keep showing up for yourself you know it's amazing how others in your family are just like yeah you're yeah yeah go for it i'm there i'm standing right beside you yeah you know but you're right i mean i you know, when you need to take the time to dedicate to the family, that that time, and you don't go into it thinking, oh, I'm, if I dedicate time to my family, then this mm-hmm. is what's going to happen to me. Yeah. No, you do it because you're a, a parent. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's, 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 you don't even take a second thought to what yeah. you need to do. Mm-hmm. And you're teaching along the way without even realizing it. And they, absolutely. It's, it's, it's subconscious. Everything is some, everything is subconscious. And it just seems to, to work out. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were times where my stepdaughter and I literally weren't talking. You know, mm-hmm. I, their mo- mother um, unfortunately passed away of a rare disease. So I was the mom. I was the only mom. And I was, you know, you see those, <laughs> the Disney, you know, I was the Disney version, the evil stepmom, you know, and mm-hmm. I didn't mean to be evil, but I needed to step in and mm-hmm. be the disciplinarian and be the parent to help them see who they were through their pain. And that's a painful process oh, for yeah. both of us. So yeah. it was not easy for about five years. The high school mm-hmm. years were, were very sketchy. And yeah. now when we get together, we like cry. We're so happy to see each other. Mm-hmm. And she's turned out to be such a beautiful person. And our relationship is amazing. And sometimes mm-hmm. you have to go back three steps 
to gain five steps. Oh yeah. Um, in relationships and in your career. Yeah, absolutely. And nothing is ever easy. I mean, you know, everybody mm-hmm. clashes with everybody else. You know, as you said, yep. you have to be a disciplinarian. You know, you have to discipline them. You have to put them on the right path. You have to give them the right advice, which they don't take very kindly to, et cetera, et cetera. But if you, when you get through all of that, you come out the other side. And as you said, it's not a conscious thing. You do mm-hmm. it as just part of being a parent and being the mother etc I mean you don't I mean Mike I am an empty nester now um and you know I didn't think I would take to being an empty nester mm-hmm. as I have and I just think okay this is not bad my kids are still you know they're in London and I'm in Bristol and you know it works it still works you know still we're still close as a family you, you know distance doesn't make you know anything disappear so it's it's, it's it is interesting when you put in the attention and the love the love is the one the reward that you get back Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely so let's talk about let's go on to your career so five years ago you started transitioning into the social media star that you are now so let's talk about that how did that I mean you're always interested in fashion let's let's just walk through that process so I think I've always been kind of the fashionable one. My friends are always like, okay, you know, Gina, it's okay to wear jeans. Like, you know, (laughs) um, and I do wear jeans, but so it's always kind of come naturally to me, right? Even when I wasn't pursuing it anymore, I was just, I, that's just how I dressed. And I Mm -hmm. always was very confident in, in going out and just wearing my style. But I was at one of those intersections again in my career where, you know, I'd kind of been reorged into a position in marketing that wasn't as creative as I would have liked. It was really mm-hmm. more strategic. It was definitely a little bit drier than what I would have liked. So I am a believer in if you kind of manifest and put stuff out into the universe, that sometimes it comes back to you. You have to listen though, because it, it might not be a clear answer, right? Mm-hmm. You might have to interpret the answer. You know, it's not literally going to be written on the wall for you. So I was kind of like, I've been for about a month, I was saying, gosh, and I really need to figure out what my next creative thing is, right? Before it had been photography, and then like some different spots of different things. And I was walking through the mall shopping. This was in like December, doing some Christmas shopping. And a young millennial was sitting on her phone and she looks up and she says, oh my gosh, I love your style. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then I'm in another part of the mall and somebody else stops me. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, I, I, wow, your outfit is fantastic. And I was like, huh, okay. You know. And then the next day in the grocery store, and I go to this grocery store a lot, mm-hmm. completely out of the blue, I was wearing red boots. And this woman stopped me. She's like, those boots are everything. Mm-hmm. And I got home and I thought, I think the universe is trying to tell me something. Mm -hmm. I think it's time for me to share my style in a broader sense. Mm -hmm. And so at first I decided, since I was a creative and a writer, I used to be like a copywriter. So I thought, okay, I'll do a blog, which I love writing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and also Instagram. So I started them both and they, and plus I was working full time at, Mm -hmm. at Dell. So, um, 
So couldn't do everything. Like the blog and Instagram and Dell were just too much. <laughs> so um, so I, I only did the blog for about a year and then got rid of the blog and continued to focus on Instagram. And it was so funny. I never even thought I would get 100 followers. I remember hitting 100 followers and I was like, you know, I'm going to reward myself. And I went out and I bought myself my first Gucci belt. I was so proud of myself. I'm like, I'm going to spend some money on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I bought my first Gucci belt, but I remember like running around the house. I was like, I got it. Like, yeah. it was such a funny thing. And now, I, but still, even to this day, mm-hmm. you know, I hit 80,000 followers. I don't even know, like a month or two ago. And still I celebrate those milestones. There are amazing things in our life that we just shouldn't take for granted because I know how much hard work it is you know, to keep that going. It's not just about taking the photos, it's responding and commenting and planning and getting on podcasts. And I'm very fortunate that now I've been able to be invited to a lot of things like this. So Mm -hmm. that takes time too. But that was, that was really how it all started. I recognized I was lacking in a, in, for myself, like that was a pocket that I was really needing. And I kind of put the energy out to the universe and that's how I interpreted it. And this is, you know, where I ended up. And it always was a creative outlet for me. This was the other thing that, you know, I always say to people, my goal was never to be, to stand up and sell a product. That was not my goal, right? And I I actually um, read a bunch of blogs beforehand on like, you know, how to develop your goal as a, you know, a social media person, you know, you still need, it's like a business plan, you mm-hmm. know, what, how are you going to educate? You need to entertain. What's your objective? How are you going to measure success? And just like running a business. And so mm-hmm. I've been very clear. I do take collaborations, but I can probably name them on one hand because mm-hmm. that's really not what it means to me. And I only partner with companies that I would spend my own money on. I never partner Mm -hmm. with anyone who I would never spend my own money on. Um, But those are, those are nice to haves. Every time I go out and I photograph and I get back home and I look at them on the computer and I post them, uh, it's joy for me. Yeah. Because it's, it's my creative outlet. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many beautiful things there. I mean, you know, um, finding your style. Um, let's talk about the universe thing, because I think that's really interesting because, yeah, you put something out in the universe, you're looking for something. I mean, I was doing the same because, you know, I, I moved to Bristol and I thought, oh, my God, because COVID had happened. I, I My ID career almost ended. I didn't want to go back to it because it was toxic. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? I mean, I just can't just wither away and die. Right. It's not that's not an option. I mean, yep. I could, but I didn't want to. And, and I thought, OK, what am I going to do? And I was kind of looking for an idea and and there's a there's a story there, but you're not invisible after fifty came into my head, um, and I trademarked it that day. The day it came into my head, and I think it's when you believe in something and mm-hmm. you sense something and you you know you feel it in your gut and you think that's it, and then mm-hmm. you follow and you as you said earlier, Gina, you show up right. Mm-hmm. Social media, being a podcaster, all of the stuff that we do, it's taxing. It's a mm-hmm. full job right it's a lot of work that goes in it beautiful as it is the results are lovely and also I love the what you said about celebrating each person Mm -hmm. celebrating each win because even you know my my social media compared to my podcast is 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 growing now but 
it was it was slow and but I still celebrate my success mm -hmm. on there and go thank you very much you know because it's important because everybody mm -hmm. who a listens or reads or comments that it's just fantastic to get mm -hmm. that endorsement because uh, you know it's it's just you know that that you know then that you're putting something good out right. there men have been great but it's good right it's good yeah. it's <laughs> great and but it's good and you think wow I'm making a difference and I love your styling I love your clothes I think you, you. have your own everybody does have their own unique style but it just mm -hmm. shows through I think it's just fabulous thank you thank you so much yeah and celebrating the wins I think is is critical in, in everything that we do. So I still continue to celebrate the wins. And we should, we should, shouldn't yeah. we? we? We we can't take, you shouldn't take anything for granted. You know, at the end of the day, you know, the, it brings us joy because you're putting out something that's great, you know, but it brings you greater joy when somebody also shares that with you and you want to share it back. And it's just one of those kind of cycles and it's just so refreshing. You, what you give out, you get back. And I'm so grateful for my followers. I mean, I, when I think about how many comments I get every post, mm -hmm. you know, because I look, I, I obviously, you know, follow a number of people who have double, triple, quadruple amount of followers yeah. than I do, but they, they aren't getting as many comments. And so when I see all the comments, I might get on average like 150, 200 comments per post what I realized also is that I've created a community of people who mm. want to talk to me and comment mm. with me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just someone who wants to look at the picture, but you know, we have, we have a relationship, you know, Absolutely. to a certain extent. And so I think that's real value to me. I don't have, I don't have really any friends that I go shopping with. Like none of my friends are fashionistas, you know, mm -hmm. So like for me, I get joy in just like conversing and yeah. knowing that I now have friends that I've met in real life through social. Absolutely. I think that's, that's the beauty of it because all of what we're doing actually can translate into something different, right? Mm -hmm. It can translate into something different and you can actually meet them in person. You make friendships, you make connections. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I've always said at the end of the day, it's called a social network. Mm -hmm. You should be being social. Yeah. Right. The, the the point about being social is about making connections. Everything Absolutely. is about connecting, and so being social is a two way street. It's not just uh, yeah. a one way, and yeah. so that's why the comments are so valuable to me because that means that I'm using it in a way that actually is social, which to me is the way that it 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 you know part of the way that it needs to be used, and is probably one of the most rewarding ways of it being used. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Um, so let's move on to like, was there a trigger point at 50 or, or was there not a trigger point at 50? Because we talked about the trigger point and we mentioned it a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, I would say it was at 55 um, and I'm 59, well, 54. Um, you know, it's, it, I have to say, you know, going through menopause was, was hard. Hard to have a trigger point when you're in the middle of, of mm. all of that. But what you realize, I think for me at the end of that is that you're not the same. I wasn't the same person. Okay. I wasn't the same person. I didn't have the same energy. Um, you know, things are happening. Your body's changing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so 
I wouldn't say that it was a trigger, but I think it's a natural evolution mm-hmm. of, of who we are, but we need to decide. I mean, like I said, I have three sisters and they're all experiencing menopause differently. We all kind of experienced it differently. And, and so it's not necessarily a trigger point. It's, it's deciding kind of as you make your way through that evolution that you are willing to kind of accept and nurture the new person that you are and not mm-hmm. just let it go, not just mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, I'm done. Yeah. You know, I'm this new thing and I'm not happy with it. And, you know, I- I'm not going to embrace it. And I think just like I would tell young people, embrace every stage and figure out a way to own it and make it your own and bring joy or you're going to be very unhappy. I totally, you know, when you were talking then, I was actually thinking the same thing because, you know, whether you go through a, an easy menopause or a very difficult menopause, life is about change. Every mm-hmm. every age brings something different, right? Every decade brings something different. And we have to embrace that. I mean, I feel better at 50, well, I'm going to be 60 next month. So I, you know, I feel better now than I did in my 30s and 40s. I was mm-hmm. lucky that I didn't really have a difficult time over my menopause, but I've been through all the kind of emotional Roll, I've been well, I've been on an emotional roller coaster for the majority of my life and done the loopy loops, right? Um, <laughs> and I just feel that you have to, as you said, embrace that you know, age and you know, embrace every decade because it's all about growing and making the most of it. You know, I want to see what my 60s look like and how mm-hmm. I'm going to be in my 60s compared to how my mother was. So I think you just have to embrace it and make it your own, make it your mm-hmm. own. And, and show up as you want to show up. Absolutely, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, unlike my 30s, I remember my grandfather pulling me aside. I was the only, and there, I can't remember how many um, nieces and, and um, I mean, cousins I have, but I was probably one of the last, I was probably the second to oldest, but I was one of the last ones to get married. Mm-hmm. And I remember him pulling me aside and being like, so anybody on the horizon? Like, when, you, when, when is this going to happen? You know, and in my early thirties, there was so much pressure to just like meet the demands of everybody else mm-hmm. because it was like these stages of life that everybody said it, you should be here and you should be doing this and you should be, you know, but now that I'm 50 something, I'm like, I'm making it my own stage. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's, that's another lesson to the youngsters as well. It's like, yeah, making mm-hmm. your own. And even to people who are, you know, in the same age bracket as, as us is like, do what you feel like doing and just making mm-hmm. your own and accepting it and, and growing with it and showcasing what this age looks like to other people, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, people go, Oh, okay. So you're 60. Mm, didn't expect you to be like this. Well, you know, here right. I am. <laughs> so true. So true. I meet total strangers and I'm like, yeah, I'm 59. Like 59. Yeah. You know, because it's the energy and yeah. just the confidence and like, yeah, I'm here. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. well, what did you think 59 was going to look like? <laughs> looks <Yeah>. like us. <laughs> Absolutely. We're redefining what it looks like. And I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know, I, I can't wait for the day where people are like, well, yeah, of course yeah. that's 59. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're now going to go to a commercial break. And when we're back, we're going to talk about the future and what that looks like, and also the bonus part of the podcast. 
Did you know that You Are Not Invisible After 50 is not just about a highly acclaimed global podcast? Our mission is to empower all women, regardless of colour, creed, class and culture across all countries and continents. So we have two empowering courses for you. A high return one hour masterclass, building a life you love, creating your own path after 50. This transformative masterclass is one you've been waiting for. Are you ready to seize life after 50 like never before? Well, say goodbye to feeling stuck and say hello to the life you love. Don't let age define your limits. Let it ignite your possibilities. This transformative masterclass is your ticket to a vibrant and fulfilling future. But that's not all. We also have our innovative introductory business course, Greater Gold. In today's dynamic business world, age should never be a barrier to success. Say goodbye to age-related stereotypes and hello to unstoppable success. Our half-a-day course will equip you with the skills and confidence you need to conquer the business world. Discover the true value of your experience, reinvent yourself, stay competitive, and master the art of self-presentation. It's time to turn your grey into gold. Visit our website and check out our courses geared to propel you to the next level. So embrace your age, utilize your wisdom, experience, and own your success. Spots are limited. Also, we have wonderful products launching this year. So keep a watch on our social media posts and website, www.youarenotinvisibleafter50.com. You can also find out more about the woman behind You Are Not Invisible After 50. Details are available on my website, www.iamkirinkumar.com or my Instagram account at iamkirinkumar13. We look forward to you connecting with us. Thank you. So, Julian, let's move on and talk about the future. So, what do you see coming up for you? I was just talking to someone the other day and I said, you know, if all of this went away mm-hmm. when I turn 60, which will be in October, I'm a Libra, if it all went away, I'd be okay. Like, I'd be happy because I, I'm very pleased with what I've achieved. It was way beyond what I ever dreamed when I first started. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm working on right now, so I have a couple of passion projects um, that I'm going to be working on. I haven't really shared them with anyone. So, um, and I won't go into too much detail, but I've gotten a lot of comments and I've even gone back and read some of my comments over the years, you know, about my posing and my images. Um, they're very artistic. They're very editorial. And, you know, again, kind of putting that manifestation out recently um, was like, you know, what's my next step? You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've, you know, I'm pretty solid on, you know, my Instagram and I'm making movement and being invited to this, these types of things. And I'm like, okay, so what's the next step? Mm -hmm. And two weeks in a row, people that I know personally were like, you know, I would I would hang that on my wall in my office. That image is amazing. And so Mm -hmm. that's a little hint about what my next chapter might be. Mm -hmm. So um, it is really bringing a lot of my past together with my present, right? So fashion, modeling, photo styling, photography, 
um, artistic outlet, you know, Instagram, my images, color, confidence. Um, so I am going to be producing a number of things that are more physically tangible than mm -hmm. an Instagram photo. Um, I'm looking at the image behind you, like think, you know, very artsy, go in the studio. I will mm -hmm. photo style it. It's going to be, it's going to blow out Instagram because Instagram is very specific style for me, but yeah. this will take it to a whole new level of energy and photo styling. And so um, I haven't quite sorted out my go to market yet, how I'm yeah. going to get it to market um, or what the what the products are exactly going to be, but mm -hmm. I'm thinking it will manifest itself in a number of different, um, different deliverables. And I'm also looking to collaborate with some of my over 50 um, friends on the project as well. So exciting, so exciting stuff looking for the Absolutely. next chapter, but it'll That's be creative, but in a different, in a different, different way, but way. leveraging everything, really yeah. leveraging everything. And Instagram's not going away. It's still yeah. going to be there. I'm still going to post three times a week and interact and, and all of that. But, um, but I feel like I need, you know, what's the next, what's the next thing? Cause Instagram is not the end. It's yeah. just a means to an end. Right. So. Oh, opens the doors to a lot of things, doesn't it really? Yeah. So you don't know where that, what that looks like, how that's going to appear, et cetera. And it's just exciting about just being out there really. Right. Fabulous. So let's move on. So what five tips would you give to anyone who's under 50, first of all? Oh, you know, I have a mantra that I write in. Sometimes I, I close my Instagram posts with it. And I, you know, I'd have to say, um, I think it's the same for 50 or over 50, because one of the pieces is be ageless, right? So <laughs> whether you're over 50 or under 50, don't, don't associate your decisions or what you wear or what you do with a preconceived um, notion of what that age should be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my mantra is normally like, be bold, be beautiful, be ageless, you know, be yourself, be seen, right? So there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot there. There's, there's a lot that goes into that. So, but I think that applies to every age group mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. bold but the interpretation could be different right so some people are like well be bold is about wearing color gene and I'm like no it's it's actually no, not, it's, not. Mm -hmm. it's about breaking barriers it's about doing something different it's about trying something different or doing something a different way like mm -hmm. recognize that you own your own path and you get to decide where mm -hmm. that when that crossroad comes up you know whether you take the comfortable mm -hmm. you know road or maybe you try something a little bit different um, you know, be beautiful is all about just accepting what you, everything that goes on physically mm -hmm. in your body and, um, and look in the mirror every day and say, I'm worthy. I'm beautiful. This is me. Um, wrinkles and all right mm -hmm. <laughs> now wrinkles and all, you know, and, and be ageless. Like I said, is really about, you know, I follow women on Instagram and men, by the way, um, who are everything from 20 somethings to 80. Mm -hmm. I shop at places. I never go into a store and go, oh, this is for 20 year olds. Because next thing you know, I find a really cute faux fur jacket, you know? Mm -hmm. So I never make assumptions or try and associate age 
with decisions or preconceived notions. So that's this idea of being ageless. And that's, that's hard. That's probably, I think, one of the hardest ones. Um, um, be seen, right? Don't be afraid to, to be the odd man out, mm-hmm. you know, through what you wear or what you say. Um, if you're really passionate about something, get up there, sit in the front of the class, you know, um, you know, don't, don't be afraid of that. Um, and all of those things help build confidence, which at the end of the day, I think it's an upward spiral. Like once you start these things, they definitely kind of grow on each other. Um, and it's interesting what you've said about all of that, because when you said be bold, be seen, um, be ageless. Um, yeah. Sorry. Be beautiful. Be beautiful. Be beautiful. In my, in my, the tagline of my founding company is be bold, be brave, be, be empowered. And that again is a, is a journey because it's my journey mm-hmm. that got me here. I think, and as yeah. you said, Gina, when you go through all those phases and it's an upward, you know, shift mm-hmm. upwards, then you become all of that. You, it's part of the process, you know, and then you become like, as my tagline is be empowered at the mm-hmm. end. You, when you're empowered, everything is open everything is is okay right so i think it's really good to have that messaging yours in, you know out there because be bold to make something you know diff, do something different be bold to step out be bold you know to try something new whatever it may be because by all of those you'll have the changes will come and you'll see yourself transform into a totally different person mm-hmm. how i am at nearly 60 compared to how I was when I was 30 and in a, a difficult marriage, I'm totally different. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the person that I always say, I'm the, I've become the person I've always wanted to be because I have none of the nonsense around me. And it's when you go through all those phases, then you actually accept yourself for who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, it's super, super powerful to just, continue to kind of manifest and have that mentality. And, you know, some days aren't perfect. I'm not yeah. saying that like, you know, I've reached self-actualization and, but I'm constantly evolving as well. But I think if I just keep those things in the back of my mind, yeah. um, I can continue on a journey that I think is going to be very rewarding. Again, yeah. might be, you know, two steps back for five steps forward, but, but um, I think everyone should have kind of a personal mantra, you yeah, know, that yeah, they yeah. that they kind of believe in, that they write down. And again, that's ages. I mean, my kids do a lot of journaling. Yeah. You know? And so I'm like, yeah, write, you know, write where you want to be. Get those things mm-hmm. out. And you know, you may look back at that in 20 years and be like, why did I never explore that? Yeah, okay, I want to go back on that path. It's really good. And I think uh, uh, I think it's I think it's just brilliant. So let's go on to, otherwise we could talk about the one tip that we just talked about for ages. So let's move on to tip number two. What have we got there? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Um, I think just remember that the journey is not always straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's not. And it's, it's, oh, it's okay to go off the path every now and then. Um, and you don't have to get it perfect the first time. Right. I talked about that earlier. Like they're just so anxious about, especially young kids, so anxious about getting it right out of the box. 
And um, I, I just think it's life's a, life's a journey. <laughs> like yeah, and it's not, it's okay. always not linear, is it really? Yeah, yep, absolutely. So yeah. third tip, your third tip? A uh, third tip, you know, it's going to sound funny, but like wear sunscreen. I, I have to put that in there. I think because, I mean, um, skin cancer is the, is the, the only cancer I believe that's prevent, that's like we can prevent by mm-hmm. doing something all the time. I know that sounds weird, but it's like, I said that to my kids all the time. Did you put sunscreen on? Mm-hmm. No. Cause these are lessons that we've learned. I mean, we came from a generation of, you know, putting baby oil on ourselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And so just be, but also like, listen to your you Absolutely. might not like it. Mother does know best. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also think that as well. So what about the three tips that you give to anybody who's over 50 and listening? What would you say to the ladies and all the gents out there who listen? Or the gents. Yeah. yeah. Um, welcome to the best decades of your life. Like you, you, re- you need to believe that. You really need to believe that. And I think if you can embrace that and take that in, mm-hmm. then I, it's it's hugely hugely powerful and rewarding. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Rewarding. Absolutely. Um, it, it's a, it's a tip number two. It, as a mom, it's okay to let go of mothering a little bit mm-hmm. because that you did a great job. My husband says that to me all the time. He's like, you don't need to check in with them all the time. He's like, let them check in with you. It's a relationship now. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, by freeing myself up from feeling like I have, I'm just not like I'm still not the parent, Mm -hmm. but I parent differently now. And freeing myself up from thinking that way means I get more brain space for Mm -hmm. me, more creative Mm -hmm. space for me, more focus on me. You know, they're still taken care of. I still check in with them. But dialing that back, I think, as a mom has really freed up some of that mental space for me. And now it's so rewarding when we reach out and we have a different level of relationship now. And I totally beautiful. agree with that. I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. The last tip that you'd give to anybody who's over 50. I think we've talked about it, right? Celebrate the milestones. Mm-hmm. You still have milestones. They don't end. So continue to celebrate those milestones. Make make goals for yourself so that you have a milestone to celebrate. Don't stop setting the goals. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Gina, it's been a phenomenal podcast interview. I've just loved it. I mean, we could have talked for ages. I mean, I know we could have gone... I'm a talker, right? Obviously. Me (laughs) too. (laughs) So all I can say really is thank you very much for being on here and I'm going to follow you and I can't wait to see what you come up with next. Thank you so much, Kieran, for having me. I enjoyed it. Oh, fabulous. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the You're Not Invisible After 50 podcast. If you want to hear more from some amazing women who are over 50, who are kicking ass and making impact, then don't forget to follow us right here on Apple Podcasts 
or Spotify. Remember to subscribe, rate, comment and share with other women through your social media. Let's spread the word across the world that you don't have to be invisible after 50. Check out our other services on www.you'renotinvisibleafter50.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok and YouTube. And always remember that life doesn't end at 50. In fact, it's just beginning. We look forward to you connecting with us. Thank you.